Welcome to Divine Inspiration by Dantisha James. Today, we're going to talk about breaking generational curse. So, in Noah, for instance, pronounced a curse on Canaan. Isaac pronounced a curse on anyone who cursed Jacob. The soothsayer Balaam was hired by Balak, king of Moab, to pronounce a curse on the Israelites. Goliath, the Philistine giant of God, cursed David by his gods. In Bible times, a curse was considered to be more than a mere wish that evil would befall one's enemy. The meaning of curse in the Bible dictionary, it says this. Curse is a, um, a prayer for injury, harm, or misfortune to befall on someone. Y'all ready to get into the word of God? I am so ready to get into the word of God. So we're going to go into Genesis chapter 12, and we're going to read verse 1 through 3. And this says this. The Lord has said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And so Ur of the Chaldeans, the ancient city, was located about 100 miles of southeast of Babylon near the Ephorites River in what, um, what is known now the Iraq. The moon god, Sin, was the patron god of this city. So they didn't worship the true god, the god that was talking to Abram. They was worshiping the moon god, which they called Sin. And so Abram families worship, yeah, worship idols, not the true living God. Uh, Abraham called involved separating himself from his country, from his people, and from his household in order to become a stranger and a pilgrim on this earth. In Abraham, God was established the important principles that his people were to separate themselves from all that hinders God's purpose for their own lives. God intended to have a man who will know and serve him with devoted faith. From this man will come a family who would know, teach, and keep the ways of the Lord. From this family will come to a chosen nation of people who will be distinct from other nations and be carries of the um, and be carries of the revelation and blessings of God. From this nation will come the promises of offspring, Jesus Christ, our Savior of the world. So let us get back into Genesis, Genesis chapter 12, verse 4. And this is what the word of God says. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out for Hermon. The narrative from the very beginning emphasizes the truth of that obedience to God is essential to a saving relationship with him. Number one, Abraham obeyed the word of the Lord, his obedience including leaving his home and country and trusting in God's care and guidance and promises like Abraham, all believers in Christ are called to leave their country, kindred, and father's house to follow Jesus in the sense of seeking a better country that is a heavenly one. And so in Genesis chapter 15, verse 6 through 7, this is what the word of God says. Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. He also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of the Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to take possess. Did y'all hear that? Because Abraham, Abram believed God, 
that he counted to him as his righteousness. When Abram started following God and left his kinsfolks behind, left his country behind and followed where God needed him to go, guess what? That counted to him, that was by his faith in believing made him righteousness. Okay, so all y'all religious folks who say you can't wear no makeup, you got to wear long dresses, you got to do this, and you got, that's all man-made self. But when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you got faith in Jesus Christ, we are already counted as righteousness. Not none of that law man-made stuff, that we got to wear long skirts, and we cannot wear no makeup, and we can't wear no earrings, that, that, that's all man-made stuff. They ain't all living, God. He didn't say nothing about that in his Bible. And Paul was talking about it to a certain community, to a certain church. But if we get into God's word, we won't be misunderstanding what God says in his word. Hmm. Let me get back to it. For the first time, faith and righteousness are mentioned together in the scripture. Number one, in the Old Testament, faith had a twofold designation. Trust in our reliance upon fidelity to our faithfulness. This belief, um, this belief in Hebrews, man means to preserve in trust and believe by manifestation and obedient faithfulness. This was the kind of faith Abraham possessed. His heart was turned towards God in an enduring trust and obedience and submission. Don't mean everything was right. Because if you know Abraham and listen to Sarah, he wasn't doing everything righteousness. But it was counted righteousness because he had faith in God and he moved and he did what God told him to do, being obedient. And plus, he believed what God said. And his heart was towards God. Number two, God saw Abraham's heart attitude of faith and counted it to him for righteousness. The term righteousness means being in a right relationship to God and his will. God entered into a new I mean, God entered into a covenant fellowship with Abraham, and Abraham received God as his shield, his reward, and many descendants in though he promised of the land under the new covenant. God's blessings as right relationship with him and fellowship with him also come through faith. This is a foundational truth in the New Testament, as such as Abraham is the father of all them that believe. So how did Abraham break the generational curse? He broke the generational curse because he didn't follow his forefathers. He didn't follow his family, worship no other idols. He didn't bow down to no other idols, but he started listening to what God called him to do. Even if he was raised around that society or that culture, God pulled them out. God pulled all his children out to separate them for they can be molded and transformed into the way that God sees them. Let's look at another person who broke the generational curse. Let's go into Ruth chapter 1, verse 16. And this is what the word of God says. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. Ruth, the mother of Obed, great-grandchild, I mean great-grandmother of David, a woman of the country of Moab, which was worshiping idols and not the true living God, Ruth left her kindred behind. Naomi apparently had appointed to Ruth her faith in the Lord God by an example, by example how Naomi was living and teaching. 
Ruth's faith in God causes her to remain faithful in her love for Naomi. In Bethlehem, Ruth was permitted to glean in the field of Boaz, a wealthy kinsman of Imlach. Imlach. Naomi's urgent Ruth adds protection of Boaz as the next kin. You got to understand in those times, if, Na if Naomi went back to her seven, she couldn't work in no field. So God already knew what he was doing by Ruth following her. And, but the good thing is, it was about how Naomi was living and how Naomi was showing example and teaching in her own household. What are you doing in your household? Are you breaking the generational curses? Or are you still following your forefathers? See, there's no excuse that we cannot be overcomers because with Christ, we can be overcomers. Is it that it's not going to be easy? Nothing in life is easy. But we are called to be overcomers and we can break the generational curses from after our family with Christ's help in the power of his spirit. And so Boaz married Ruth. Their son Obed was considered one of Naomi's family, according to the customs of the day. Ain't that amazing? Na Naomi lost her husband. She lost her two sons. She was bitter. She thought God was against her. But God still worked everything out for the good by Ruth going with her. Ruth was having a seed. Boaz was kin to her, so it was still part of her family. And guess what? Now Naomi is not alone. She still got a grandbaby. Now she's, she's happy as ever as being a granny. Hmm. So God didn't forgive her about her. God didn't forget about her. God was not really against her. Naomi just didn't understand about the, what was all going around. But God still worked it out for the good. And she said, your people should be my people. And your God, my God, brought a rich reward. She became an ancestor of King David and the Savior of the Lord Jesus Christ of the world. Generation curse can be broken with the help of the Holy Spirit and within, uh, within us to follow the path of obedience, trusting God also, blessing people by giving, I mean, yeah, by giving a life and riches and fullness, I mean, fruitfulness, our plenty. His greatest blessing is turning us from, I'm sorry, this is talking about God. So God's given us fruitfulness. God's given us life. God's given us blessings. God's given us plenty. And the greatest blessing that he can ever, that he ever gave us was us delivering ourselves from, from sin to the darkness over to his marvelous life. And so let's look at Paul. And used to be Saul. Paul was born as a Tarso. He was brought up in Jerusalem at the feet of Gamaliel, the most illustrated rabbi of his days. Paul's parents wanted their son to be well-grounded in the best tradition of Jewish Orthodox. Paul proved in an apt pupil, he outstripped many of his fellow students in his enthusiasm for ancestors' tradition in his zeal for the Jewish law. Paul himself related how he persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. Let us get into the word of God. Let's go into Acts chapter 9, verse 3 through 9. And it says this, as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Why are you, what, I mean, who are you, Lord? Saul asked, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. He replied, now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. And the man traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he couldn't see nothing. 
So they led him in the hand of Damascus from three days, and he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. So Paul's conversion outside the city of Damascus, that his conversion, of course, her inter internally, initially, rather than later at the house of Judas. Number one, Paul had a personal encounter with Jesus as the risen Lord obeyed Jesus' words to him, responded to Jesus' call to be a minister and a witnesses for him to the Gentiles, and subsequently gave himself to prayers and fasting for three days. Number two, Paul is called Brother Saul by Ananias when they met. Ananias believed by revelation that Saul had already had saving encounter with the Lord Jesus and now ready to be committed as a disciple of Jesus and fulfill God's mission. And he needs now only to be water baptized in a public identification with Christ and have his sight restored to him to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me read again back um, Revel, um, Philippians. Let's read to Philippians chapter three, verse eight through nine. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of suppressing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. So Paul considered his old ways, his old teaching about the Jewish law, he, he considered his education, his knowledge and his grounded that his parents wanted him to have, he considered it rubbish. He considered it garbage and to follow Christ. That's how he broke their generation curse because he came back, he came from the law of the Jews. He was threatening. He, he thought he was doing what was righteousness as he killed the Christians of the church. He thought he was doing what was right until he had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And so to be found in Christ, to be united, close fellowship with Christ and, and be partakers of his righteousness, to know the power of the resurrection of Christ, to experience fully his life and power of the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. To share in um, Christ's suffering by self-denying, crucifixion of old self, and suffering for the sake of Christ in his cause. Breaking generation curses is possible with God. There's nothing he cannot do. We are called to be conquerors in this evil, wicked world with Christ Jesus. Just as well as Paul, Paul is a conqueror. Just as well as Abraham is a conqueror. Just as well as Ruth is a conqueror. Just as well as us as believers are conquerors with Christ Jesus. We can break the generation of curse. We don't got to act like our forefathers. We don't got to bow down to no idols. We don't got to be like the people of the world. We can follow Christ and Christ will mold us. Christ will cleanse us. Christ will sanctify us. God, Christ will make us whole. Christ will do all the work within us for the power to grow within us so we can walk the way he needs us to walk in the process of life to break down every generation of the enemy that he thought that he stole try to steal, kill, and steal from us. So thank you so much for listening to Divine Inspiration. God bless you.